Hello, film people, people in the headset. How are you? It's a podcast for films with yeah. me and you. And it might be turning slowly into a Nick Cage podcast because we have another Nick Cage film to do today, don't we? Yes, we do. Craig, you haven't seen this film. I have seen this film. It's batshit crazy. It's Vampire's Kiss. Yeah, I watched it last night and I wasn't sure what to expect because I had seen clips of this film before. There's some YouTube video. Uh, yeah. I think it's called like Nick Cage losing his shit. And it has several mm. clips uh, from Vampire's Kiss. Yeah. So I knew a little bit of what to expect. But yeah, I, I'll tell you straight away, I really enjoyed watching this film. And I'm glad I saw it. I was expecting it to be uh, a bit crapper, to be honest. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it's like, it's not a perfect film. There are things wrong with it. But it's actually really enjoyable to watch, I would say. I'm, I, I'm very happy you're you're saying that yeah it's uh i was one of the first things i was going to say well i'm saying it now anyway um i think that this film uh is probably one of the most cagiest films i think you actually were going to say that earlier uh but yeah. um <laughs> the thing about this film is that if it wasn't for nicholas cage if he wasn't in this film it would be crap it would be absolutely boring. What? It wouldn't be interesting. His his performance in this film is what makes it interesting, in my opinion. Well, look, I I, I think you're you hit you've hit it on the head. Yeah, spot on. But like, I, I will. I've seen this film before. I saw it many years ago. Uh, the Nick Cage performance was a little distracting in my first watch. But I was like, as you say, this batshit Nicholas Cage you know, loses his shit. I remember watching that video and I looked, I was like, I want to see the movie where Nicolas Cage does the alphabet. And that's what <laughs> I was like, I've, I've got to watch this movie. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know how old I must have been, maybe 18 or something, 19. I'm not too sure. But when I watched the film, uh, like I thought to myself, this if you'd done it seriously, it would have been a really interesting uh sort of psych, you know, uh, psychological breakdown of a character. Um, whereas, like, I felt that like the Nick Cage film, on my first viewing many years ago, was distracting. Upon re-watching it, um, I actually think this is a masterpiece. I, I know you said there's problems with this film. I actually think this film is perfect. It's exactly what it needs to be. Shall we explain to the, the audience what the film's about quickly before we dive deeper into it? Oh, dear. This movie. How do you, how do you pinpoint this movie? Um, well, you'd never seen it before, so maybe you should... Uh, explain it. Explain All it, right. yeah. So as Wikipedia says, it's an American black comedy horror. I wouldn't really say it's a horror. I would say it's more a black comedy, really. Um, black, black comedy psychological thriller psychological <laughs> makes more sense yeah because uh really the film is about um nick cage's character who has a very confusing accent by the way i'm trying i was trying to figure out where he was from i think there was even something that said he was from transylvania uh but anyway 
he's a, a literary agent or something. He's working in a literary house and publishing house even. And he's going a bit mad. He's constantly partying, taking drugs, having a fun time. And he's also like very stuck up and very neurotic, which I really think um, Nick Cage, I really like him when he does neurotic. He's very funny. And mm. basically he gets attacked by a vampire and he's slowly becoming a vampire and he's kind of going crazy. And actually now that I'm thinking back on it, because you said just a second ago, you think that it's a masterpiece. There was actually some stuff I thought was quite nice. Um, yeah. Like the fact that like the, the toxic masculinity in this film is crazy. And yes, like, it's, it it's, it's funny how it's still a thing now. And this film is like, how old now? Uh, I mean, this came out in 88, I believe, or 89. So it's almost, what, 35 years old? Something like film? that. Yeah, Jesus. nearly. Um, oh, by the way, you know how old he is in this film? I think he's only 23. Really? Yeah, he's 23. He's born in 1964. Oh, I see. Hold on. I see he says 89 mm. here. I saw 88 somewhere else. Well, he's about 24, 25 years old, so he's very young. Yeah. Uh, I was really surprised by that as well. I, I didn't think he'd be so young. Well, it, despite it being the cagiest cage performance, it is very, very uh, on purpose. And it feels like a very intentional... All these choices that seem a bit strange are very, very on purpose. And it really shows, especially this second time watching it, I was like, oh, this is like, this is real. What well, he's he's proper going for this. He really commits to this role. I'll tell you another thing. Also, I remembered. Uh, I, I just thought of when at the, uh, towards the end of the film, which I thought was quite clever. Uh, I think there's a bit of like um, anti-capitalism in this as well. Like he's uh, oh when yeah he rapes, for sure. He rapes one of his employees, and uh, there's more on that to come. By the way. There's so much we can say about this film. And he he attacks her and starts uh, sucking her blood, right? Obviously, like a vampire. And I was just thinking about how he's a boss and he's literally sucking the blood of his employees. I thought that was kind yeah. of a bit poetic. I thought it was very I'm, funny. I mean, I think I think it's important to, to point out to the listeners that, um, I mean, he's not really a vampire. It's all in his head. I think that is important to point out from the get-go because the film points it out from the get-go we don't necessarily know why but like you brought up capitalism and i was thinking is the vampire meant to be a metaphor for you know uh you know like consumerist capitalism you know is that really is it you know is the vampire you know trying is it like a manifestation is you know is it a product of Nicolas Cage's life choices. And like you you brought up his accent as well. And mm. I think like it's very put on, right? Am I getting through to you? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's very on, you know, it's in your face. It's not realistic as a voice. It's difficult to pinpoint what exactly he's going for but it feels very sarcastic i uh, i just think about that line the guy who wrote it and then nick cage is completely different take on how it should be said <laughs> it's yeah pretty funny 
<laughs> it's brilliant. Well, I'm, I'm glad you liked it. I really, really liked it. Um, you want to get into specifics. I suppose you want to tell me what you didn't like about the film. You said you had some problems. Well, so I, I don't know. I mean, at the beginning, uh, I think I was being a bit more judgmental and I was just purposely looking for things that I thought were crap. So, mm. like, I was like, at the beginning, ah, you know, again, sex, 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 all the time at the beginning of the film. Uh, well, not the beginning of the film, but, you know, it's, we were talking before, like, sometimes, why, why is it happening? It feels a bit unnecessary. Uh, but then after that with the bat, because there's a bat that breaks into, yeah. well, breaks into their apartment, a bat flies into their apartment, and there's this silly music, and, like, you're trying to, is it, am I supposed to be afraid of the bat? It's a bat, like, it's not really scary. Well, um, he he's not afraid. He's turned on, we find out. No, but, yeah, but... um with the, the way that they play it in the film, like with the music and everything else. Mm, yeah. Uh, it's, it's like, it's try is it saying that I, as an audience member, should be afraid right now of, uh, of this bat, which is not scary at all. Uh, so I, I mean, thought I, that was a bit funny. I, I think it, yeah, well, I, I think it's meant to be like a bit tongue in cheek. Like it's, it's not just Nicolas Cage's performance that's out there and wacky. It, the direction there's a lot of directorial choices where it's like yeah this is this is all a massive joke you know everything um and we're in on it and i think that yeah. maybe that bat thing it's like a little nod it's a little hat tip to uh you know like old school vampire films where the bat comes in because we don't really often see uh vampires become bats in in modern vampire films i mean sometimes we do but it, it's really like a sort of classic trope um mm. and yeah I, I think it's a little a little hat tip to the audience but yeah. maybe maybe just shit <laughs> to yeah. be fair i i think some people did just think this movie is shit and like, there's no excusing the choices a lot of people don't like this movie yeah, but then as I started to watch more, I started to look a bit past this because I thought that it was a bit I'm nitpicking stuff. I'm not looking at the wider picture. Mm. Uh, but there is so much, apart from Nick Cage's performance, so much random weirdness just happening all the time. And some of it, I'm not even sure it's always intentional. Like, uh, did you notice at the beginning, uh, I think uh, at one point Cage looks out the window and there's this couple uh, kissing by a hot dog stand or something. And this old guy is trying to give them these soda cans, like pushing. And I was, why is he doing that? Why, why is he trying to stop them kissing? Here, take the soda, go. Why, 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 why is that happening? Because, yeah. get, like, the other weird stuff, like the mimes. The mimes, what the fuck is going on with the mimes? Just this strange dance and one slaps the other one or something. And it, you see them multiple times. Yeah. And yeah, it's a lot of that weirdness going on. Well, um, I, I think I think the film is very eccentric. You know, it, it's almost Lynchian. I, I feel like because uh, it, it this is sort of like a modern gothic tale that Tim Burton wasn't involved in. You know what? Actually, it does remind me of a lot. This film. Go on. Because I, I know I was saying before how I like to try and find how or see how. Films from before kind of like impact later oh. films. I mean, I, uh, I really, I really hope you're going to say the one 
that I've been thinking, because like from the very get go, I was comparing it to a film that came out around 10, 12 years afterwards. But yeah, let me know what your film is. Is it I'll American Psycho? It is American yeah. Psycho. Yes. Yeah. I from the very get go. Yeah. 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 I, and this is it. This is why I think this film, you know, you were saying earlier, if you didn't have Nick Cage's performance, it might not be a very good film. But I think American Psycho proves that you could make this really dark, really edgy psychological thriller, just like American Psycho was. But American Psycho was way more of a horror film. Yeah. Do you know, you want to know something crazy I read about American Psycho? Uh, Apparently, Bale based his performance of Bateman on an interview he saw Tom Cruise where Tom Cruise was like, uh, I don't know what show he was on, but he was laughing, but you could see behind his eyes, I was like, nothing there. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, that's brilliant. That is yeah. actually brilliant. Oh, Bale. I love Bale. I, I didn't love him when I was younger, but he's really grown on me over the years. He's such a quality actor. Yeah, and he's funny. That sex scene at the beginning with the bat that you brought up. Mm-hmm. They, they play chess in the middle of the foreplay. There's like chess foreplay. Did you well, notice that? Isn't I that weird? Notice that? No. It honestly, there's a they're rolling around and then they get up to move to another bit of the room, and as they get up, she's like, "Oh, you play chess," and they do a move each before they go like walk past the chessboard, and I'm like, "Whoa, chess foreplay." I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie. Yeah, that's that's uh I didn't actually notice that. I must have looked away at that second. Oh, it just made me laugh. It just made me laugh. Yeah. And then the foreplay, we you see so much of that sex, like build up to the sex, and it it really drags. Like you're like, are we not cutting away? Like, and then mm. the back comes in because it's like just when you think it's getting on way too long, then the back comes in. It's not this nice bit of levity, is like, oh, all right. Yeah, yeah, it released the tension. It did <laughs> sexual tension. It did. <laughs> I mean, it's the the definition of a third wheel, but it was a third wheel <laughs> needed. So let yeah, let's let's talk more about uh, Cage's like behavior in the office, especially like with Alva. I feel like he's yeah, got a bit. He's definitely her. yeah. Alva's great, and I recognize her, but I'm not too sure what I recognize her from. I really should have looked it up, but I really can't remember. I mean, I think it might be like an Arnie movie. Maybe it's Running Man. Is she in Running Man? I'm not sure. Uh, I think she's a Cuban actress. Uh, Maria Conchita Alonso is her name. I would never have got that. Yeah, I've never seen. I don't think I. Well, maybe I might have seen her in something before. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure oh, she's in an Arnie movie. Can, maybe she's in... Yeah, I remember her in Predator 2. So she's not in Running Man. Oh. But yeah, I, shall we talk about how she's ba- being abused by... Look, it, age. It, this is literally the definition of... As you, you said it earlier, like to, the levels of to- toxic masculinity in this film are through the roof. Through the roof. It is really difficult to watch sometimes it's 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 borderline it's like 
it's almost like they've abused the actress. It's that bad. It's it's beyond being characters at that point. You're just it's so vile. Yeah. I feel horrible for her. And I'm like <laughs> but at the same time, you know it's kind of funny the way that Jim, it is. Uh, Nick Cage is acting around it. I, I think the the best scene to encapsulate like how the toxic masculinity is played really, really funny is like what the, the the scene where she calls in sick to work and he goes to her house and he's like, <laughs> I brought you soup and he's like playing nice and he's like, you know, chauffeur driven car get in all paid for and then the moment they get in the car he just starts losing his shit yeah find the contract alva come on alva oh my god <laughs> you know what i did read actually about um i saw some stuff in wikipedia and one of the notes was saying how remember there's a bit where he eats a cockroach yeah i was gonna bring this up and yeah he, apparently he actually did eat a cockroach and it wasn't supposed to be a cockroach. It was supposed to be something else. And I think it, he, I think I read it was it. raw egg. Yeah, a bit fucked up. Uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's it's mental that it was his idea to change it, and apparently the uh, the director insisted on more than one take. <laughs> <laughs> I just just feeding him cockroaches. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm not sure how many takes they made him do actually I I read somewhere it was three I read somewhere it was two so ballpark two and a half cockroaches yeah yeah it could have been three bites Mm. I love how he eats it as well like because you can tell he really doesn't want to eat the cockroach but he definitely doesn't break character in the way he handles having a cockroach in his mouth yeah he, oh, I really, and I, I think it's something to, I was going to bring up later, but I'll bring it up now. This is Nick Cage's favorite film that he's been involved in. He often cites this as the thing he's most proud of, the thing he loves the most. Uh, I think maybe that's because he was given a lot of control. I think he was really allowed to interpret stuff how he liked it. And I think that that's very liberating probably for him. Can I yeah. say one thing quickly? Uh, I just was looking at Jim Carrey, and one of the things I was thinking about with Vampire's Kiss is that it reminds me a bit of Jim Carrey. What do you think about that? Do you think that there there's some link between those two guys? I never really thought about it before until I thought about how eccentric he is being, and I kind of associate that with Jim Carrey. But Jim Carrey is more kind of humorous eccentricities while... Cage can be a bit more mental breakdown eccentric. <laughs> Interesting that you bring that up. I've never actually given it much thought, but now that you say it, when I think about Jim Carrey, like they're, they're almost like yin and yang. Like Jim Carrey sort of does his stuff to make people laugh, whereas Nick Cage does it for the artistry of performance. But then when Cage, you know, Cage can play comedy, but when he plays like the eccentric bigged up thing, it either goes really well or it can, you know, crash and burn. Um, Whereas with Jim Carrey, he's always that eccentric crazy for his comedy. And then when he does try and make something that's a bit more elevated, that's a bit more about the artistry, 
he hones it back. He he or he tries to play it more reserved, yeah. uh, which is interesting. <laughs> yeah, they really are the opposite, actually, aren't they? No, but yeah. kind of, but but uh, two sides to the same coin, though. Mm. Um, I think you know, yeah, it's interesting to bring one up with the other, um, because they do have similar performances across different kinds of movies, both comedy and serious and art house. You know, they've both done all of these kinds of films and. There is a parallel, I think. I think it's a it's a good one to bring up, actually. Well spotted, sir. Yeah, it's something I was thinking about. They're actually only two years difference in age. Cage is two years younger than Carey. And they've never made a film together. Jim Carey replaces Nick Cage in the sequel to Kick-Ass, but they've never done a film together, and I'd love that. I think mm. I'd love a Nick Cage, Jim Carey. I mean, uh, I, mean be, I don't want it to be... be... Well, well, this is I. I heard that Nick Cage was first choice for Dumb and Dumber, but I'm not sure if he was first choice for the Jim Carrey role, or if he was first choice for the Jeff Daniels role. Because if he was, then that would have been a Nick Cage and Jim Carrey movie. <laughs> it would have been, and we never got it. I I have a feeling probably he was supposed to be Jeff Daniels' role. Well, yeah, you feeling. would think. You would think. Get both of them together rather than having one without the other. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I I really don't like Dumb and Dumber. I think it's my least favourite of, like, the classic Jim Carrey's. But Nick Cage yeah. might have made that film brilliant for me. Maybe Nick Cage would have made that film amazing for me only and would have made it worse for everyone else. Or it might have ruined his career, so it's good he didn't make it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just seems so, so ridiculous. Um, also, I think not long after that, uh, there's that meme face. The one that I think uh, probably oh, a lot yeah, of people yeah. have seen, but we don't know where it comes from. And it comes from this film where yeah. it's like, it's, the caption is always, you don't say or something like this. But I, I don't think he said anything like that uh, in that scene. Well, but you know what? He, the things he is saying, it's just so cruel. And like, but yeah, I, I do love this, this weird choice for him, like to sort of bring his face out like that. And he's like, I wouldn't give this job to anybody, even if I did like you more than them, because it's not a good job and you have to do it or I'll fire <laughs> you. You hear me, Alpha? Oh, he's just so cruel in this film. Really, really cruel. Yeah, I feel bad for Alva. Love Alva. Yeah. And then, yeah, he he rapes her, which is super fucked up. It's pretty heavy. Yeah, but at least it didn't really go too crazy with her because he kind of, she changes into the other vampire, the vampire. Well, we don't see... Uh, any details but they do specify later in the film numerous times it was a it was a proper rape so i think we just sort of got um a, a glamorized hollywoodized uh hallucinate hallucinationy sort of tame version of what really happened there because we're seeing it from his perspective at that point 
but and we know that there's a difference between his perspective and reality. Like I, mm. I was gonna, I was gonna bring it up later, but I don't even think that the psychotherapist is real. I, I think whenever you see him talking to anyone that isn't uh, people who work under him, they are all except like a couple of one woman, a couple of women that he meets at a bar. Besides those, I think everyone he talks to are like in his head. I don't think he's talking. I honestly, I, the psychotherapist, like, cause obviously at the end of the film, they show him talking to himself in the street, but I, we see really, from his perspective that it's, he's yeah. having a chat with the psychotherapist and it's like, is he was she ever real was this always just been a coping mechanism for himself to sort of have these little role plays he's very lonely so he has these little role plays at home to try and like because this is it nick cade said he's a very lonely character that's the point to him and maybe the director had different ideas but this is what cade said he is a he's a man suffering loneliness and he's not handling it well you know, I'll tell you something interesting. Um, so that that final scene with the therapist, well, kind of like intercutting scenes there uh, between him on the street and, uh, and with the therapist, I really found that hilarious. Uh, I loved how yeah. he was holding the the wooden stake in both yeah. in both on the street and also like, and it's not explained. Yeah. And like, I, I think probably I have a feeling that it's an actor's decision to like, can I carry this on there as well? Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and then there's this whole thing where she's kind of, uh, everything that he says, she just kind of forgives him for it and sets him up with a, a new woman called Rachel, I think, right? Um, yeah. Sharon, even. Sharon. <laughs> yeah, and, Sharon. Yeah, but even before that, so the whole thing about these crimes that he's committing, so he says, uh, something like, oh yeah, I almost forgot. Uh, last week I raped, I raped someone a few weeks ago at the office or something like this. I said, oh, don't worry about it. I'll call the police. I'll, I'll handle it for you. And it says, oh, and last night I murdered someone. Ah, don't worry. Go enjoy your life and stuff like this. Something <laughs> ridiculous. But People is... die all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so apart from, like the, the, it's really funny, but there is also a, a truthful element here I know this is in, it's obviously it's in his head, um, but there is um, some people have said before, I think there's even studies on it, how if you give um, therapy to criminals, it only helps them. Uh, they can just clean their slate. They can feel, clear their consciousness and they can go back out and commit crimes. They don't have to feel guilty for any of the stuff they've been doing before. Like it's mm. a big theme actually in The Sopranos because in The Sopranos, yeah. uh, Tony Soprano, uh, the whole thing about it is he goes to therapy, really. It's like, analyze this if it was serious and it was a TV show. And basically, um, they, uh, she eventually, near, towards the end of this last season, decides that she doesn't want to do therapy with him anymore because she feels that it's just, that's what it's doing. It's basically just allowing him to clear his conscience, go back on the streets and kill and commit crimes. Uh, so it's interesting that in that scene, a similar thing is kind of happening. Like, whatever bad stuff that uh, Lowe has done. Oh, okay, yeah, don't have to worry about it anymore. It's off my chest. She says it's okay. I can live the rest of my life. Uh, but then should we talk more about uh, that, <laughs> that crazy relationship that he has for like five what? seconds at the end of the film? Well, 
Well, what I think is great because he gets this imaginary girlfriend, and then like he he can't even. He's such an asshole that even his imaginary girlfriend has to break up with him, and I think that's brilliant. <laughs> like, and as you say, it's literally like a five minute relationship. Like, it's really, it's actually quite optimistic. As you say, it's sort of he's validating to himself the things that he's done, and then it's like, okay, new future. And it seems really optimistic. And then by the time he gets home, the time being he gets this staircase, yeah, it, and it's like it's all gone to shit. The relationship's over. <laughs> uh, and of course, I think we need to bring this up. Allegedly, the people that he is shouting at in the street, where he's like, "I'm a vampire! Kill me! Kill me!" They're not actors. They were real people on the street that Nick Cage went up to. Yeah, I also I read something about that, and the director like hid it from from them that he was filming. Yeah, yeah, absolutely mental. But yeah, the, I I feel like this the the whole performance for that sort of last, you know, I I think a post suicide attempt because he shoots himself in the mouth with the blanks after the rape of Alva. And obviously, because they're blanks, they don't kill him. Although we need to talk about that, but mm. I'll I'll come back to that. Um, but after his attempt of suicide, he sort of uh, has sort of like in his head, it's like, okay, I'm a vampire now. It's obvious. I can't even die with a bullet to the head. So now he's full vampire. He's sleeping under his sofa as a coffin. He's blacked out all the windows. So like now he's gone full into the you know, persona of the vampire. Um, and it, it starts getting very sad. You know, it's funny. The, 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 the worst thing about, or the best thing about this movie, it takes, it's, it's really tragic, but it's played for laughs because he, I think, and you can get away with that because he's such an asshole in this movie that you don't mind seeing him suffer. You know, it's a tragedy happening to a fool which I'm sure Shakespeare has done before. That sounds like a, a Shakespeare-y thing, a tragedy to a fool. If it's not, <laughs> if that if that's purely original, I'm, I'm fucking copywriting that shit now because that's good. That Shakespeare level. Speaking of words and phrases, this film uses the word cunt quite a lot as well for an American movie. Have you know, Did you notice what? how many times Nick Cage said cunt? I don't know how many times he said it, but I did notice an excessive use of the word cunt in an American movie. But again, it's reinforcing how misogynistic and disrespectful, disrespectful he is to women. Yeah. But did you count? No, but it's at least, at least five times I thought. And I'm like, mm. it's one of those no, no words that's worse than fuck that they never say in yeah. American films. So, so I'm a bit surprised to, uh, hear it but yeah. I, I will uh, uh, let me get your thoughts on this so going to that attempted suicide if you put your mouth around a gun and took a blank to the mouth you're feeling that and that's gonna hurt and that's gonna I, re it's it might even still kill you i'm not sure really what blank how blanks work but I, you'd yeah. at least probably get something in your throat or like you might, because I've I've fired a gun before, and when you fire a gun, you get recoil, like it kind mm. of 
gives you a bit of a kickback. Yeah. So you'd still probably hurt yourself, like hitting the gun in your mouth or something. So well, yeah. I the thing is, have you you've seen in Bruges? Yeah. Right. So in in Bruges, they shoot. He shoots a guy in the eye with a blank, and he says, "I'm never going to see in this eye again." Like you've blinded me in this eye. So like a blank causes damage. Like like there's still um, gunpowder igniting. There's still a force of pressure exiting the gun, and it's the pressure of a that would carry a bullet. The same pressure that would fire a bullet that fast. Of course, it's going to do damage. You can't just suck on that and expect to be all right. And he sucks on that. He fuck it. He's fucking got it right in his gob, slurping that gun down, and it's just firing <laughs> off, doing absolutely nothing. And no, 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 no. That's it was not remotely realistic for me. That I'm like, nah. You, you would, you might. That still might kill you. Seriously, seriously, because it's in your mouth. That might kill you. You know what I was just thinking about. I was going to bring this up several times and I kept forgetting. Thinking about uh, Nicolas Cage's craziest performances, have you seen Deadfall? I haven't seen Deadfall. It's the one where he's jumping on the bed, isn't it? Oh, my God. Yeah. Hi. That, that Fucking hangers. Fucking hangers. Someone tried yeah. to kill me, man. I, what am I, I a fucking retard? I really want to watch this movie. I really, really want to watch this movie. Uh, maybe this is, maybe that is an episode for us at some yeah. point. Uh, but we do need a break from Cage after this. I think. We do. <laughs> I think it's necessary. Um, yeah, I, I've, Nick Cage does look like he's on crack a lot of this movie. <laughs> and they, they mention that he uses me well. He he mentions mescaline at one point. And we know that it's just like a ruse to throw Alva off the scent of him being a vampire or whatever. Um, but maybe he is on mescaline as well. Maybe that's something that's, you know, just a little pinch of of flavor that we're getting just in like one line of dialogue. But perhaps he is actually meant to be like an addict because by the end of the movie, he is he is full on crackhead. Like full yeah. on crackhead, walking down the street with a stick, blood on your face. Yeah, you're a vampire. Does sound like you're on crack. Do you reckon there was another suicide attempt earlier in the film, where when he's shouting at Alva and he's with the meme face, and he's like, mm. "I'm gonna get you fired," and then like she leaves and closes the door, and after she closes the door, he's like, like says, "You're not gonna use your gun." Obviously, she doesn't hear him, but like maybe that was an intention of his. You know, he finds out that she carries a gun. She he establishes with a friend, which I actually think is in his head, but he establishes with a friend that uh, she carries a gun and she knows how to use it. So what's the first thing he does? He gets up in her face and is like really fucking cruel to her. And then he even points out, are you not going to use your gun once she leaves? So, yeah, I maybe. And he even says to her right before he rapes her, use the gun on me or I'll fire you. Like, I mean, he's being all crazy, mm. but like he literally says, to her, 
if you don't, I will rape you. So, like, perhaps the rape, all the treatment of Alva, it gets worse once he finds out that she carries a gun. So, as I say, perhaps it is just a suicide attempt. That's an interesting idea, yeah. That's, that's possible. I didn't really think about it that at the time. Mm. I, I, yeah. I was also thinking, there was a couple of other things in my head that I was thinking were a bit weird in this film. Uh, like, that made it a bit silly. Uh, so, I was thinking about, did you notice uh, the direction of the bite marks on the neck? On Nicolas Cage's neck? Did you notice no. how they were um, they were horizontal across his neck, the side of his mm. neck? But every time he get he's being bitten by uh, the vampire, there she's biting him. Have you like you kiss someone on the neck, right? You ha- you don't of, kiss of someone on the neck, like if it's you, sort of on a on a diagonal or on a yeah. like, more more vertical. Yeah, anything. it's it's not horizontal. You can't really. It's not really comfortable to to do it like that. So I thought that was a bit funny. And then also that the the woman that he kills at the end when he bites her neck, uh, I thought it was a bit weird that everyone was still partying around. Like there's someone dead over there. How does, how has no one yeah. noticed this dead girl just yeah. sitting? <laughs> no, no one notices the dead girl and no one pays any mind to the guy covered in blood wearing fake <laughs> vampire teeth. It's really strange how no one, but again, like uh, maybe that's a commentary on consumerist capitalism, you know, how we sort of allow uh, capitalism to like exploit us as a people, you know, because only one or two people really get fucked over and the rest of us like don't get fucked over that much is, is generally like that's basically how the middle class work, you know, well, the working class get fucked over the upper class are above me, but like I'm comfortable, you know. So like maybe that's maybe it's saying that in the film. Maybe it's saying like you know it's literally capitalism just passing through and like taking victims. And obviously, when in that scene, he is channeling his inner Nosferatu. He we see a scene where he's watching Nosferatu earlier in the film, and his performance walking through the club is very. I want to say the the actor's name was Max Shrek. I think that's the guy who played uh, Nosferatu, although I could be wrong. Uh, maybe I'm just thinking of Christopher Walken in that Batman movie. Um, but yeah, like he's basically redoing Nosferatu as he's walking through the club, which is, yeah. And it, again, no one fucking points out, oh, there's a dude right there with blood all over him. And there's By a the dead way, body over there. And he also just ran into the club. He just ran right in and then through the security and then no one stopped him. And no one thought to go back in and get him yeah. to come out. You know, that was a bit weird. But I, I really love, I, I love, I was cracking up so much just watching him walk around the nightclub with those eyes and the teeth, looking at yeah. everybody, looking at all the women's necks. I just I thought it was so funny just it- watching him like that. He chews the scenery in that nightclub more than he chews that pillow. In the- <laughs> I forgot about that too. Yeah. Well, that's why he buys the teeth because he can't he can't bite through a pillow. And he's like, well, if I I need to get teeth, and and so he goes and gets two dollar plastic teeth. 
Um, can I just say, by the way, I think I have my Halloween costume nailed now. I'm going to be Nick Cage from Vampire's yeah. Kiss. Nice. Nice. <laughs> I just need, just apart from like the $2 set uh, of uh, teeth and maybe a bit of blood on the suit, I need to Sorted. have a big, a big piece of wood just carried it around with me. As yeah. Well. Yeah. You've got, well, you've got the hair now. So you could <laughs> do it. Well, I mean, look, speaking of hair, I actually, can we talk about Nick Cage's hair in this movie? It changes a lot. There is the scene it, with Alba, Alba's, uh, where he was going to rape her. It's like right down his face. It's very yeah. weird. Well, I feel like every scene, his hair is different. And like, again, I, I, when everything is to his liking, when everything, I think when it's in his head, he's very neat and kept together. Like when he's in the psychiatrist's office, like when he's talking to his like business mates at work. I think all of that shit's in his head. And then when his hair is all manic, that's like him bleeding into reality. And the and the crazier his hair gets, the more we see, oh, he's literally just a crazy guy walking down the street <laughs> with a fucking shouting at people, I'm a vampire, kill me. Like Yeah, I yeah, it's sort of like yeah, I I think his hair is fifty percent of this performance. Um I think actually my favorite line in this movie is boo hoo, by the way. I, I have that one written down as well. Yeah. yeah, I can't do it. But like, it is brilliant. I was watching Nick Cage in an interview saying like, I just wanted to challenge myself as an actor. Like, can I have this grown man say boo hoo while having a breakdown? And it and it work. And it, it might be. Honestly, I think it might be the best part of the movie. It's that I love it. I love it. Yeah, but you it... know, other line I also like. Go on. Uh, it's earlier on in the film uh, where he stands up his girlfriend at the uh, it's an art gallery or museum, and mm. she calls him up, uh, and he, she she just gets the answer machine and she starts railing at him how pissed off uh, she is that he stood her up. And he's listening in the conversation, not picking up the phone. And it's, I can't remember what she says. And then she sa he says, yeah, well, fuck you too, sister. Something like yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He's got some crazy lines in this. And his delivery just makes them great. On, I think this is one of his greatest roles. But maybe this film is only good because it's bad. I don't think this movie is bad. I think it's perfect. But maybe I should be a bit more ironic when I say that. But I'm not actually being ironic. I think this is a great movie. Really, really good movie. And Nick Cage is maybe not Oscar worthy because the Oscars expect a certain caliber of actor and performance. But I think this performance is one of the great movie performances of all time. Mm. Did you read anything about why they wrote the film, how, where it came no. from? No. So Go on, hit apparently me. the the writer, uh, I forgot his name, Joseph Minion, uh, mm. he was in a relationship with one of the producers, Barbara Zwitzer, I think. I'm not sure how you pronounced her name. And they were on holiday together in Barbados or somewhere in the Caribbean. And their relationship was falling apart and he was feeling very uh, like depressed. And that's when he started coming up with the idea of this film. 
because of uh, how his relationship was making him feel. So I think it's based on him and Nicolas Cage's right. character. So uh, maybe... Think... Yeah, go on. So, like, it's about, like, uh, I guess how maybe it could be seen as his depression or his, uh, the feeling of mentally breaking down, how it then made him treat other people and how he started acting around. And apparently uh, he showed the script to Barbara Zwitzer or whatever, and she was, like, horrified by it. And then she came on as a producer. So, like, there's a strange thing, like, uh, it's weird, I think, that they decided to work together on this, even though it's about kind of their relationship. Interesting. I mean, so then maybe this film is literally about someone going through loss. So maybe we're to assume that Cage's backstory is the backstory of their relationship, the writers. So, yeah, maybe we can assume, uh, what's his name? Peter Lowe was in a relationship for a couple of years with, like, the love of his life, but she broke up with him. And uh, this is all a product, like, his sort of descent into madness is a product of loneliness and... uh, you know, uh, the lack of human companionship to the point where he treats all women in his life really bad. Oh, that makes loads of sense. Oh, yeah. Nice go. fun fact. Nice fun fact, Craig. I didn't find that one. Oh, you know, the guys who made this film, there's not too much on them actually. Uh, the director is an English guy called Robert Beerman. Mm. And I don't think I've seen anything else from his films. Uh, oh no, he did. Do, he did do the Bill and Holby City. <laughs> no. And, yeah, and Dude. an episode of Walking the Walking Dead. Should uh, we summarize it quickly? Yeah, let's do some final thoughts. Um, I've got a, a, a one piece of trivia left for you that you uh, that we haven't covered. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, let's do some final thoughts. And I think I've pretty much covered this. Um, I think the vampire is a metaphor for, for consumer capitalism. Uh, capitalism consuming his humanity uh, but we've also touched on like sort of real world influences of where this character's at so maybe I'm just reading too heavily into it but I definitely think these themes are present um, I think it's a comedy tragedy uh, and I do think uh, American Psycho draws a lot from this I think you can see that it draws a lot from this Um and then my final thoughts. I really like this movie. I, I think this movie is perfect. I really love this film. And maybe I shouldn't love it as much as I do. But I am a huge Nick Cage fan. And I think this film is way more clever than people give it credit for when they bash Nick Cage for being an overactor. I think that people need to rewatch this film. Because I think at the time, people weren't thinking so much about toxic masculinity. They were probably looking at this kind of like uh, anti-capitalist kind of uh, thing going on. Mm. Uh, I And I think probably some people didn't really even think that, is he a vampire or is it just in his head? I think some people were really just... Uh, really? I think so. Some people must have. And I mean, I think... it's so obvious that it's in his head. Like, he, yeah. I mean, you you even bring up the placement of the bite marks on his neck not being consistent, true, true, and that's I'm like a sure, little hint. I'm not sure if that's for that reason or if that's uh, by accident. But what was I going to say? I uh, yeah, I think people need to rewatch this because I think a lot probably at the time 
a lot of people it was it was too different it was what 87 wasn't it 18 or 89 or 88 89 89 um, so i think that at the time it would have just been a bit too not what people were expecting and i think people need to watch it again and probably rethink about it think about the themes yeah and also just enjoy cage being hilarious and crazy because mm-hmm. it's very funny to watch you know he i just saw great. i just saw looking at the cast on wikipedia do you know who the role was originally supposed to be given oh, to? you motherfucker. I was about to. That's my oh, final bit of trip. I, ju- I just read it just now. I just saw it. Now I'm really surprised. Go on, go on. You go for it. You go for it. Dennis Quaid. And I'm really happy that oh. Dennis Quaid didn't get this role. Well, I have. I, I found a, a lot of different names and I've only yeah. written down. Yeah, I've, I found a few people that were considered for it. I've only written down four names of note. Uh, and all four of them will make this very different of a movie. Very different. Mm. Um, so let, let's start with, we'll go from least famous to most famous. Shall we do that? Although I might be biased on one of them. Go for it. Judd Nelson of Breakfast Club fame. No idea that is. It's the guy who puts his fist up at the air at the end of Breakfast Club. I'm pretty sure that's Judd. I Nelson. haven't seen it, to be honest. I've only seen it the one time, and it's because uh, like the girl I was seeing at the time really loved the film, and she wanted to show me, and she knew I loved films. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't seen it. So she's like, oh, please let me show you. We watched it. It's it's not that bad actually. I quite I wouldn't watch it again though. That's the thing. Like it didn't have a lasting. I don't understand. I felt I felt that it was. Uh, it's been heralded as this like great uh, high school movie, and for me, I don't find any of the characters very believable. So like, for me, I'm not really. Yeah, I, I don't really connect with that film like everyone else has. But it is a good film. Fair play. Yeah, it, like Ferris Bueller's Day Off is way better if you want a high school classic high school movie. Ferris Bueller's Day Off is way, way better. Uh, so we've got Judd Nelson. All right, that's a, a went out like a wet fart because you don't know who he is. <laughs> uh, so let's let's go, because this will probably be, uh, I think Face Off will probably be the last Nick Cage film we'll ever talk about before we have to, like, shoot each other just out of pity because we'll be caged out. Uh but next on the list, John Travolta was up for the role of Peter Lowe. Hmm. Um, now I'm going to get into two fucking heavyweights of acting. And when I say heavyweights of acting, need, uh, one of them definitely people who all agree can't act. And the other one, I suppose it's a toss up between what character he's playing. I'm just in no particular order. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Sylvester Stallone were both considered for this movie. <laughs> kind of crazy that, right? That's uh, mental. I can't see it. I no. can't see it. Well, it'd be an action movie, wouldn't it? They'd have to rewrite it. They'd have to rewrite it. And it would become some action movie with Arnie or Stallone about vampires. It wouldn't be in his head. It wouldn't be clever. It'd just be an action film. Yeah, and that's um, our fun facts about who would get who might have been Peter Lowe. That's yeah. all I've got. 
They, so Dennis Quaid, I did. It says that the role was originally given to Dennis Quaid, then uh, was then passed on to Cage after he dropped out to do another film, Inner Space or something. I mean, but yeah, I'm, I'm very Quaid. happy. Yeah, it would be very. It would still be a very different film, though. Yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. He's nowhere near as experimental as uh, Nicolas Cage. And... No, no, not at all. But it would it'd probably be more in the vein of the director's original vision. Yeah, and I imagine that it'll be very... It could be kind of scary. Scarier maybe seeing him. Because you imagine yes. Dennis Quaid doing some of the lines than Nick Cage does. It would be a bit intimidating, a bit more dude, fucked up. Dude, I, I've been saying this for a long time. I And I said it maybe earlier in the podcast. I really do believe if this movie wasn't played for laughs it would be a really good character study of someone losing their mind. And it doesn't have to be played for laughs. But I actually think, I always thought the comedy was a bad idea. Now re-watching it, I actually think the comedy element is the levity required to make the film, you know, not so much of a punch in the face. The levity yeah. is actually quite welcomed. And Cage is just being the best Cage he can possibly be. So... Yeah, I I I love this film. This what this one gets ten out of ten Nick Cages from me. Yeah, I, I agree actually. I also think mm. it's a ten out of ten for Nick Cages. And IMDB rating, I'm giving it a nine. I like this movie. I, I think wouldn't... he I, I don't want to go as far as ten because I think that would be like that's me just liking the movie too much. There are minor issues, the qual the budget isn't very high. And it shows, but I think this is a nine out of ten movie for me. I really like this film. I would say more an even seven. Oh, difficult to impress you are. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah. Well, I have one more piece of trivia for you, Craig, and I wonder maybe it will change your rating. Go on. So, this movie, what do you reckon the budget was? How much did this know. film cost? You already I know. know. You motherfucker. I looked on right. Wikipedia beforehand. It was $2 right. million. It, yeah, $2 million budget. This is a pretty good movie for $2 million. It looks That's more expensive true. than that. It yeah. does look more expensive. Even with the plastic teeth, it looks expensive. Yeah. But do you know how much this movie made at the box office? I also know that. For fuck's sake. Hey. <laughs> it's right in front of me on my laptop screen. It's 725,000. Uh, 725, sorry. Yeah. So, yes, it, so... It, it lost $1.2 million about, which yeah. is mental. This movie did not make any money. It's great, though. It really needs to be watched by more people. It does. I'm glad that you liked it. Like I, I was kind of, I thought to myself, oh yeah, I'm going to like suggest Vampire's Kiss and like really make Craig suffer. And <laughs> you enjoyed it and it was way better than I remembered it. I actually fell in love with this movie upon rewatching it. I love it. I really, really love this film. It is great. Um, so Craig, I fucking love talking movies with you. It's always fun. It's always fun. Thanks for coming out. All right, guys.
Bye bye. Bye bye. Much love. And keep it movies. Keep Is that the new move. sign up? Keep it knees. Keep it knees. Craig thought I said keep it knees. All right. Here we go. Keep it knees, guys. Keep it knees. Don't shrug, though.